Hello and welcome to the adventures of Paul Temple from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We present Peter Cook and Marjorie Westbury in the Francis Durbridge serial, Paul Temple and the Alex Affair. Episode 5, Mr. Wilfred Davis. This was that girl, darling. The one that followed me the night we went to Marshall House Terrace. When I left the hairdressers about ten minutes ago, she was still waiting for me. She's followed me here. Steve, where are you? Where are you speaking from? I'm in a call box at Harridge's. She's waiting for me at the main entrance. Keep her waiting. Minutes. Get your hat, Mr. Latham. We've got a date. A date? Yes, with an hallucination. Sorry, but she's gone. I was in the telephone box. Oh, sir, it's all right. You can see what happened. Yes. She obviously got wise to the fact that you were talking about her, Mrs. Temple, and decided to make a dash for it. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry, dear. This is Mr. Latham. Oh. Mrs. Temple, what was this girl like? About 28 or 9? Yes. Smart, dressed in brown. Brown handbag, brown hat? Yes, this one. That's the same girl, all right. I'm hanged if I can make head or tail of this. I mean, why should she first of all follow me and then Mrs. Temple? I don't know. Come on, jump in, Steve. We'll go back to the house. No, my place is just round the corner. Come along and have some tea. Oh, well, I can certainly do with a cup of tea. Splendid. You take the first turning on the right and then go on until you reach the light. Well, there you are. That's the story of my life. Not particularly exciting, I'm afraid. I don't know. You seem to have had some very interesting experiences. How long were you in Cairo? About 18 months, that's all. I rather liked it. Often thought of going back there. Why don't you? Well, I really don't know. I suppose there's no particular reason why I shouldn't. Uh, Do have another cup of tea, Mrs. Temple. Uh, Thank you. When did you leave Cairo, exactly? Oh, it's quite some time since I was there. (laughs) I say, you must think I'm a mysterious character. 
First of all, I meet you at a psychiatrist, and I tell you that I'm suffering from hallucinations. And now you learn that I've actually spent 18 months in Cairo. <laughs> Why shouldn't you spend 18 months in Cairo? My wife actually spent two or three years there. Did you, Mrs. Temple? Yes, but a long time ago, before I was married. Oh. When did you write this play of yours, Latham, the one that Norma Rice appeared in? Oh, shortly after I came down from Oxford. No one was more surprised than I was when it clicked. Have you written anything since? No, not a word. Why not? Well, I don't really consider myself a professional writer, Mrs. Temple. I'm lucky enough to have a private income and, well, quite frankly, I'm passionately fond of doing nothing. But you can't just do nothing all day long. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I read a bit, play a spot of golf, and I'm rather fond of traveling. I used to do a lot in the old days. But not necessarily abroad, I mean. Have you ever been to Canterbury? Oh, yes, it's quite a haunt of mine. I always stay at the Waverley. Oh. We had dinner there last night, as a matter of fact. Did you, Bito? A fellow called Chester runs the place. At least he used to. I don't know whether you met him or not. Yes, as a matter of fact, I did. Not a bad chap. Always made me very comfortable. When did you last stay there? At the Waverley? Mm. Oh, must be almost a year ago, I should imagine. I got awfully tired of the food. I suppose they did their best, but... You know what it is. Yes. <laughs> we do. Temple, there's something I've been meaning to ask you. Oh, what is it, Mrs. Horn? Excuse me, sir, but I've brought you some more hot water. Oh, thank you. Uh, just put it on the trolley. Yes. And uh, this letter's just arrived by the afternoon post. It's marked urgent. Oh, thank you. Uh, would you excuse me? Of course. Is there anything else, sir? Hmm? Oh, uh, no, no, not at the moment, Mrs. Horn. Thank you. Is anything wrong, Mr. Latham? This letter. This letter that's just arrived. Well? Look. What does it say, Paul? Read it out. Dear Latham, next Tuesday evening, drive your car down to the village of Hayborn in Kent. On the north side of the village, there's a small lane known as Fallow End. Park your car at the point where Fallow End joins the main Hayborn Road. Be there shortly after 10, 10.15 at the latest. When you've parked the car, walk back to the village, stay there until approximately 11 o'clock. Oh, Lord. But why? What's the point Wait a minute, Steve. Wait a minute. I'm finished. Before leaving the car, place a case on the back seat. The case must contain 5,000 pounds. 5,000? The notes must be one-pound notes, not numbered consecutively. If the money isn't in the car by 10.15, or you fail to follow out these instructions, a letter will be forwarded to the press the very next day. This letter will explain in detail the precise reason for your visit to Cairo in the spring of 1963. Oh, no. But, but who sent the letter? It's signed Alex. Alex? Yes. Well, suppose Alex carries out his threat and he does send the letter to the press. No, he mustn't. Whatever happens, he mustn't do that. Oh, all right. Let's leave that point for the moment. Before you open the letter, Latham, I think you're going to ask me something. I think you were going to ask me whether I thought the girl in brown has anything to do with this Alex affair. Yes. As a matter of fact, I was. Well, in my opinion, she has. She has? In fact, so far as the girl in brown is concerned, there seems to me to be one rather significant factor. Oh? And what's that? 
You haven't noticed it? I know. Have you, Mrs. Emple? No, I haven't. Oh, well, perhaps I'm mistaken. Perhaps it's not so very significant after all. Yes, but if you... I see this letter was posted in Hampstead last night. Yes. And it's been typed on the same machine, Paul. What do you mean it's been typed on the same machine? Temple, have you ever seen a letter like this before? A letter from Alex? Yes, Mrs. Trevelyan received a note from Alex. Mrs. Trevelyan? Dr. Kohima's secretary? Yes. And she received a note from Alex? Yes. Good Lord. And did she... Mr. Latham, what are you going to do about this? Hmm? The, the 5,000 pounds. Oh, yes. What am I going to do, Temple? Well, if you don't wish Alex to write to the press, you've only got one alternative. What do you mean? You'll have to pay the 5,000 pounds. Carl Latham. Oh, hello. Everything's arranged. You've got the money? Yes. I'm in a call box at the moment. I've just left the bank. Good. I'll contact Sir Graham and we'll be in touch. It will be this morning, I take it? Yes. You've got my number? Yes, I have. Now, don't worry, Latham. Everything will work out all right. I hope so, Temple. I hope so. I don't think I'm cut out for cops and robbers. Are <laughs> any of us. Well, see you later, Latham. Yes, all right, Temple. Goodbye. I don't go along with you on this, not entirely, sir. No, I didn't think you did, Crane. In my opinion, we should have told Latham to have called his bluff. And then what would have happened? I think Alex would have come out into the open. I don't agree. Latham's rattled, very badly rattled. If we hadn't offered to cooperate with him, we'd have been in trouble. Uh, what kind of trouble, sir? I think Latham would have done precisely what Alex wanted. Carl Latham's a cool customer, sir. He's well able to look after himself. I don't agree. He's got this smooth, self-possessed manner, but I think basically he's a nervous man who just wants to keep out of trouble and lead a pleasant life. Oh, well, who doesn't? I wonder what the devil this is all about, Crane. You mean this reference to Egypt? Yes. Why is Latham so worried, I wonder? According to Temple, he was in a devil of a state when he received the letter. Yes. Now, what did the letter say exactly? Oh, I've got a copy here, sir. Mm. Uh, dear Latham, next Tuesday evening... Tuesday? Uh, that's today. Mm -hmm. Drive your car down to the village of Hayborn in Kent. On the north side of the village... Yes, I remember all that. Read the part about money, the last paragraph. Money, yeah. If the money isn't in the car by 10.15, or you fail to follow out these instructions, a letter will be forwarded to the press the very next day. This letter will explain in detail the precise reason for your visit to Cairo in the spring of 1963. The spring of 63? Yes. Crane... Do you remember that narcotics affair in 1963? A man called Abdul Mela was arrested in Cairo by the Egyptians. 
He escaped, and six months later was picked up in Tangier. Yes, I seem to remember something about it. Well, there was a very strong rumor at the time that an Englishman was mixed up in this affair. And you think the Englishman could have been Carl Latham? Well, it's just a thought. Yes. Yes, I'll check with Interpol, sir, and see if he's known to them. If he is, he's probably known under another name. May I come in? Oh, yes, do. Come in, Temple. Morning, Inspector. Morning, Mr. Temple. Have you heard from Latham? Yes, he phoned me about an hour ago. He's got the money? Yes, he picked it up this morning and he's waiting to hear from you. I gather it's all laid on for tonight. Yes. If you'll excuse me, Sir Graham, I'll go back to my office. I want to have a final word with Bradley. Yes, very good, Craig. Phone Latham, Inspector. He's waiting to hear from you. Yes, I'll do that straight away. Make sure he's fully briefed, Crane. We don't want anything to go wrong tonight. And don't worry, sir. I'll spell it out to him. See you tonight, then, Inspector. Oh. Will you be coming along? If you've no objection. You're coming with me, Temple. Ah, I see. Let me know when you've spoken to Latham, Crane. Yes, sir. Oh. Sit down, Temple. Thank you. (laughs) You know, I don't think I'm the inspector's favorite character, Sir Graham. I don't think anyone is. I'm sure he regards me as an interfering old square. (laughs) Still, he's first class at his job, so why should I worry? I know Vosper has a high regard for him. How do you know? Have you been checking up on Inspector Crane? You know me, Sir Graham. I check up on everybody. Crane and I were talking about Carl Latham. About the letter from Alex. Ah. Now, this reference to Cairo, what do you make of it, Temple? I'm not sure. On the face of it, it would seem that Alex knows something about Latham, something that Latham wants to forget. Yes. There was a narcotics scandal in Cairo in 1963. An Englishman was involved. And you think this Englishman could have been our friend Latham? It's just a thought. It all happened about the same time. I I mean the time mentioned in the letter from Alex. Spring of 63. Well, it shouldn't be difficult to check. Oh, Crane's getting in touch with Interpol. You could be right, Sir Graham, but somehow... You don't think I am? No, I'm afraid I don't. (laughs) Of course, if this was a novel and I was writing it, I know the explanation I should give. (laughs) What's that? I should make this business about Cairo, about the spring of 63, just a red herring. Yes, but Carl Latham exists. He's not a character in a book. He's not even a novelist. No, but he once wrote a play... Hmm? What does that mean? You need imagination to write a play, Sir Graham. Just as you need imagination to write a book. Yes. I suppose you do. But I'm still not sure what you're getting at, Temple. Hello? Bradley here, sir. Yes? We're just about to leave. Good. You understand about the village, Bradley? Yes, sir. Perhaps Inspector Crane would like to check the details before we start. I'm afraid the inspector isn't here at the moment. I'll check them with you. Very good, sir. Uh, Rogers, Thornton, Deal and Makepeace at the village. Yes. The Carpenter, Hodson, Brown, Briggs and Lever at the junction near Hayborn. Yes. And the cordon consists of Thompson, Bolton, Starting, Hodges, Smith, Hooper, Parker, Hubbard and Snowden, sir. Right. Now, listen, Bradley. Sir? Whatever happens, once Alex has reached the car, he mustn't get back through the cordon. You understand? Yes, sir. Good. Crane's cutting it rather fine, isn't he? It's after nine. He moved out to live at Golders Green a few days ago. And since then, he seems to... Oh, here you are, Crane. I'm sorry, sir. 
My car broke down and I had to walk into Hampstead. But I've just had a word with Bradley, sir. We're all set. Latham sounded very nervous when I spoke to him this morning. Yes, he's nervous, certainly, but he'll go through with it all right. I told Bradley that under no circumstances must Alice get through the cordon. If he makes the dash for it, you've got to stop it. Yes, sir. Right. We are meeting Latham at the garage, I take it? Yes, he's waiting for us. Goodbye, Inspector, and good luck. Oh, thank you. Yes, I know. I'm sorry. Uh, this is Sir Graham Forbes, Carl Latham. How do you do, sir? Good evening, Mr. Latham. I think Mr. Temple has explained everything to you. I know exactly what to do, sir. When you reach the lane, fellow end, stop the car, park it in the lane, put the case on the back seat, and then walk back to the village. Yes. Then a colleague of mine, Inspector Crane, will be waiting for you at the end. Yes, sir. Oh, I'm glad to see you put us a couple of cushions on the floor of your car, Latham. Well, I'd like you both to be as comfortable as possible. Oh, you don't have to travel all the way down to Haven on the floor, surely. No, oh, I think we should, Sir Graham. The car may be tailed from the moment it leaves the garage, and we can't take any chances. I think he's right, sir. Yes, yes, perhaps so. Right, then you get Temple. All right, right. Now, remember what I told you, Latham. Don't look back, don't talk to us, and above all, completely ignore us when you put the case on the back seat. Yes. Yes, don't worry. I'll go through with it all right. I'm sure you will, Mr. Latham. Ready? Yes, I'm ready. Then let's be off. going to say something when he put the case down. Yes, so did I. What time do you make it? Um, nearly half past ten. I could do with a cigarette. Mm, but we daren't risk it. No, of course not. Listen. It's a car. Yes. It's coming from the village. Stop. No. Do you hear that? Yes. That's one of Bradley's men. He must have seen something. Yes, he must have. Shh. I think there's somebody coming. Yes. Keep down. Have you got your revolver ready? Shh. Here. Shh. Yeah, he is. Keep down. Don't move or I'll shoot. No. Don't shoot. Don't shoot. Why, it's... Good evening, Mrs. Trevelyan. 
Miss Trevelyan, don't you realize that we want to help you? We haven't brought you here to Scotland Yard just because we... Oh, please. Leave me alone. I've told you all I know. You've told us precisely nothing. Now, listen to what I'm doing. Mrs. Trevelyan, are you or are you not Alex? Yes. Yes, I'm Alex. I'm Alex. Now, leave me alone. That's all we want to know, Temple. I'll contact the Home Secretary immediately. No, wait a minute, Sir If you're Alex, Mrs. Trevelyan, there's something I'd like you to explain. Why did you come to my house that night and confess about the house in Marshall House Terrace? And why did you tell me about the Waverley Hotel at Canterbury? Please, please don't ask me any more questions. Now listen. You've got to pull yourself together and tell us the truth. If you don't tell us the truth, then you know what'll happen. You'll be arrested, tried, and found guilty. Oh, you can't frighten me. Look, I tell you, I'm Alex. I'm Alex. We shall require you to make a detailed statement to that effect, Mrs. Trevelyan. Will you do so? Yes. And you will sign the statement? Yes, I'll sign it. Thank you. What is it, Sergeant? Dr. Kohima to see you. Oh, oh, no, I, I don't want to see him now. Please don't let him in here. I what can't... is the meaning of this? What is my secretary doing here? Just a moment, sir. You can't force your way in like that. That's all right, Sergeant. Very good, sir. Now, Dr. Kohima, what's the trouble? You might well ask, sir. Why is my secretary detained here at Scotland Yard? How did you know that you'd find Mrs. Trevelyan here at Scotland Yard? This morning, Mr. Temple, if you don't mind, I will ask the question. Dr. Kohima, please don't interfere. I beg of you. You look ill, my dear. What has happened to you? It's not surprising that she looks ill. Apart from spending last night in jail, she... Jail? What does this mean? It means that Mrs. Trevelyan is Alex. What? You can't be serious. Mr. Temple, do you think that Mrs. Trevelyan is Alex? Mrs. Trevelyan says that she's quite willing to make a statement to that effect and that she's quite willing to sign such a statement. Mrs. Trevelyan isn't in a fit state of health to sign any such statement, not at the moment. What do you mean? I mean, my dear Sir Graham, that Mrs. Trevelyan is emotionally unbalanced. Under such circumstances, it would be grossly unfair to ask her to sign anything. Even if Mrs. Trevelyan doesn't make that oh, statement. Oh, Doc. Please, leave me alone and don't interfere. Sir Graham, Mrs. Trevelyan is not only my secretary, she is a patient of mine, and therefore I positively insist that she rests, sir, if only for an hour or so. I have no objection to Mrs. Trevelyan resting after she's made her statement. No, I must insist that before she makes a statement, she is permitted to rest for at least two hours. Very well. I couldn't rest, not now. Oh, do leave me alone, please. I implore you, leave me alone. Come over here, Barbara. Now sit down, my dear. Why did you come here? Look at me. Now don't be afraid. Look at me, Barbara. You are tired? Yes. Terribly tired. Brother, don't turn your head away. Look at me. No, no questions, Charles. No questions, my dear. Oh, it was good of you to come. I didn't really expect that you well, would. Don't talk. Don't excite yourself. <sighs> don't talk, Barbara. You are still tight? Yes. But everything is going to be all right now. You know that. Yes, Charles. 
Everything is going to be all right. There is no need to worry, Barbara. There is no need to worry. That's right. Put your head down on the cushion. Gently. You can close your eyes now. Jesus, sleep. Yes. So. Why are you smiling, my friend? I was just thinking, Doctor. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Now, what do you mean by that, Mr. Temple? I think you know what I mean, Dr. Galina. Hello, darling. Oh, hello, Steve. Where's Ricky? He's gone to the pictures. I'll take your photo. thank you. There's someone to see you. It's that Welshman that we met at Canterbury. Davis? What does he want? I don't know, darling. He's in the drawing room. I suppose you've seen the newspapers. Yes. They're making an awful fuss about Mrs. Trevelyan. The evening graphics... Uh, if it hadn't been for Crane, the newspapers wouldn't have got hold of the story. The fool opened his mouth a yard wide the moment he got back to town. Oh. Anyhow, let's see what our Welsh friend has got to say. How long has he been here? Only about two or three minutes. Uh-huh. Oh, hello, Davis. What can I do for you? Well, I don't know that you can do anything, Mr. Temple. But, uh, well... Uh, the fact of the matter is, something rather peculiar happened that night. The night I stayed in Canterbury at the Waverley Hotel. Oh? Most peculiar. I don't like to make a mountain out of a molehill, as the saying goes. What happened, exactly? Well, you remember after I left your table, I went upstairs to my room. Uh, my room, by the way, was number 26. Now, actually, that was next door to the room that you and Mrs. Temple intended to occupy. Well? Well... When I turned into the corridor, I saw someone go into your room. A suspicious-looking individual. Go on. This made me rather curious. So curious, in fact, that I tiptoed up to the door and peered through the keyhole. What did you see, Mr. Davis? I saw this fellow, Mrs. Temple, open your suitcase and take out a silver flask. He did something to the flask. I don't know what it was, because at that moment he turned his back on me. What was he like, Davis, this suspicious-looking character? Well, to be truthful, I think it was Mr. Chester, the man who runs the hotel. Uh, Frank Chester, you know who I mean? Yes, I know who you mean. Is that all you wanted to tell me? Lordy, no. I haven't got to the real point, not by a long chalk. Late that night, after you and Mrs. Temple had departed, I went downstairs to have a glass of ale. I put my hand in my pocket to pay for the drink... And, Lordy, to my complete astonishment, I, I found this note. Now, let me read it to you. No matter what happens, Mrs. Trevelyan isn't Alex. Alex is the girl in brown. The girl in brown? Yes. Lordy, now I ask you, what on earth does that mean? <laughs> oh! <laughs> the 
that was the fifth episode of the Francis Durbridge serial, Paul Temple and the Alex Affair, with Peter Cook as Paul Temple and Marjorie Westbury as Steve. The part of Carl Latham was played by Simon Lack, Sir Graham Forbes by James Thomason, Mrs. Trevelyan by Barbara Mitchell, and Wilfred Davis by Basil Jones. The serial was produced in London by Martin C. Webster. Thank you.